Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you, 1235 in Edmonton. Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. The 99th Roos Chris opened on 9990 Jasper Avenue in a city where that number 99 means something. Roos Chris opened Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. Every Friday on Oilers Now, uh, we hook up with Elliot Freeman for the River Creek Resort and Casino. And Elliot is today's headliner. Brought to you by Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. Hello, Elliot. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing? Not bad. Uh, have you got it figured out? Do you know what's going to happen? And what does Max no, think of I, things? I really don't know what's going to Hold on one second. I just have to move out of that room. Uh, no, I really don't know what's going to happen. I still think we're going to play, Bob. Like, I don't believe that we're not going to play. I think it's craziness to think we're not going to play. I just I just don't know what the timeline's going to be. Um, you know, the one thing we really don't know here is, you know, if you look at the history of negotiations between the league and the players, it always gets done at the deadline, right? Like, yes. how late do we need to go here? And that's when it gets done. And, and we don't know what the end is. Like, I do believe the league would like to start around January 1st. I don't know if that's still possible. Um, but, you know, if they don't start January 1st, like, how late can we play? And, you know, I, I do think that we don't know the answer to that question yet right now. Um, the other thing, too, is, though, is that, the NBA, the teams are supposed to go to training camp next week. I don't know if they will. I mean, COVID is all over the place and it's disrupting all of our lives. But I, I do think there's some pressure point there. Like one of the reasons that we started talking about this again was the NBA announced its its season. Yeah. And when they start going to camp and, you know, we still don't know what we're doing, I, I think people are going to be like, what are we doing? So, um, you know, be, you know, but I still don't know. We still don't know what the drop dead date is. And for that reason, I still I think there's still time. Does it make sense because of the pandemic and because of the potential for vaccine? And we'll discuss when that vaccine and where that vaccine gets distributed in a second. But does it not just make sense to delay a bit and maybe have training camp January 15th and then drop the puck February 1st just to buy yourself a little bit more runway? You could do that. I mean, you know, the, the, the pandemic obviously is the thing that we don't control. You know, I'll tell you this, though, Bob, like the later you start and look, we're seeing this in the NFL right now where you're a big college football guy. Look at what's happening to that sport. The later you start, if something goes wrong, the less time you have to sort it out. And I think that's absolutely at the front of the league's mind. The so you, earlier you start, the earlier the start, the more you have to figure things out. Now, the other thing, Bob, and I'm beginning to believe this, I could see training camp being very short. Yep. Like, you know, like, 
first of all, there's not going to be 60 guys in training camp. I'm hearing maybe 35. Okay. Number two, you're not going to play five to eight exhibition games when there's, when there's no fans at them. For the return to play, you played one. So I think, you know, Chris Johnston was telling me today, he heard maximum two. So how many days do you need? Plus also, all the players, they're skating or playing. Like, these guys are ready to go. Yep. So, I mean, the teams that didn't make the playoffs, they I don't know if they'll still get their extra seven days or whatever, but the one thing I think is that you could crush the training camps. Like, I, like I said this for a hit we just taped at work. Like, I'm not basing this on fact. This is sort of like me with my own mind. But I'm wondering if the players show up right after Christmas and we drop the puck somewhere between January 6th and 8th. That's just me. Wow. Like, I don't want anybody, I don't want anybody saying, like, oh, okay, like, Elliot's reporting that's going to happen. That's just me thinking. Do you think the players see it? Berkey was on yesterday and talked about the fact that the players have to make good because of the 50-50 partnership. They owe money. And the league's trying to, you know, the league's trying to get that out of them because there's no revenue coming in the other way. Do you think the players, you know, see it from that perspective, Elliot? Yes and no. Um, um, like, it's emotional. Like Bob, like, Bob, like, what's the old line about, you know, neither, neither a borrower nor a lender be? Like, everybody out there who's listening to this, what are the biggest fights you get into with people? They're over money. I'm not sure. Right? That's the, I'm not sure that's the case anymore. I'm starting to think. Oh, well, I, not not for me personally, but for a lot well, of people. Yeah, I mean, like politics. Sure. Don't don't talk pol- like yeah. seriously. Like no, I I know. Like I, and you know me, I hate all politicians. So like you can say whatever you want. I'm not going <laughs> to care. But like like I I I hate them all. But. <laughs> I, 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 the thing is like, but like money, like people fight big time over money and that's yes. what this is. It's, it's a fight over money. And, um, so are know, the players like, partners or are they not partners, Elliot? They'll, they'll say no, but they are because look, without players, there's no game, right? hundred percent. They're the stars. But, but the thing is, and like, the thing is like, here's the thing, like I, I'll, I'll say this. So when I wrote last week about the players being upset, one of the things I included in there was um, a line about how some players said it is uh, never been cheaper to borrow money. Well, I heard that specific line really pissed off some owners. Um, And one of them called me directly. But, um, you know, they were really angry about that. You know, they were like, you know what, like we have the most skin in this and some of us are, are having businesses getting crushed and, you know, without fans, hockey's going to get crushed and we're the ones with the most skin in it. And to hear that, it really bothered them. And um, so, like, I understand, I, I totally understand the way the players think. Like if, if someone came to me and made a deal with me and then four months later tried to change the deal, You know, I would say, hey, would you change the deal if you were in my shoes? And the NHL owners probably wouldn't. But as Berkey said to you yesterday, and this is the NHL's position, it's 50-50. And if it's not going to be 50-50, 
it has to be fixed. Like the one thing I do understand is, yes, we could all make uh, uh, we could all make comments that you should have known this could happen, but you know the league and the players were trying to save the season. They were trying to get things done. They tried to negotiate in good faith. They talked about how each other negotiated in good faith. And we're in, like, crazy town world right now where things changed. And I think the biggest problem, Bob, is, is the lack of trust in their history between them. I really do think they tried both sides to be honest and fair. And, you know, COVID world got in the way of that. And I still think we're going to sort it out, Bob. I refuse to believe that they're not going to play. I, it would just damage the sport so badly. And I just don't believe Bettman wants it, and I don't believe the players want it. I think there are some owners who, who would want it, but I think there are other owners who don't. And I think at the end of the day, Bettman doesn't either. Elliot, as you know, I've kept a running tally for the last eight, uh, since March. So what's that? Eight months now. Of the, yeah. Just in terms of people should have known. I'm going to shoot you this number. On uh, June the 30th in Edmonton, we only had a total at that time. So what's that? Uh, half of March, April, May, end of June. So three and a half months in. We had mm-hmm. just over 1,000 total cases. 246 active cases and 15 deaths in Edmonton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you had told me, uh, so that's the end of June. So now we're going July, August, September, October. Five months later, that we'd have 20,000 cases, yeah. six sixty-four hundred uh, uh, you know, active cases, and 221 deaths in Edmonton. I, 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 in spite of the fact that I knew that numbers were going to increase because uh, death rate increases in Canada during the fall and winter, I would not have thought it would have been that significant of a rise. And I, I, no, it does, it, I, I would, for the most part, Bob, I would agree with you. The one thing I would just say is I remember the, the infectious disease experts telling both the league and like in the summer or before the summer in the spring when the league was rushing to, to have them play at the end of July. I said, you know, why not do like end of August, September? And the League and the Players Association were both being told, you have to beat that second wave. It's going to be devastating. And and I agree with you. I don't know if any of us thought it would be like this, but the experts sure thought it was possible. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a, uh, you know, 20 times positivity increase, a 32 times active increase, and a 15 times death increase. I didn't see. I knew it was gonna. I knew there was gonna be more. I didn't see it coming to quite that extent. So I'm just. It, it, I, I think we have to be realistic. Like everybody that's. We have lots of people that own small businesses. Lots of people that aren't working. That yep. are. They're they're unionized and they're not working right now because they're part of a local that doesn't have any work. Like we have a I lot agree. of people hurt. And those people. I got to tell you, most of those people get it. They're like, I don't want to hear about owners and and players. I agree find a way to make it work here you know what i'm saying i, I agree bob I, I feel the same way like I, I like a lot of me hates talking about this because i you know like look we have a big thing in toronto right now where the barbecue owner is is fighting with the city and uh in the province and um you know like you know i i mean I understand that if you, like, there's a lot of people here, whether you're an employee, a a white-collar worker, a blue-collar worker, um, you run a small business, you own any kind of business, uh, you're getting hammered. And, or you're, 
you know, for example, uh, like a, a frontline worker, a doctor, a nurse, anybody in the medical profession, someone who works in a hospital, everything from uh, everybody who works in a hospital, caretakers too, um, you don't want to hear this. I get that. I told, and, I, and I'll tell you this, I think that's why you haven't heard a lot this week is because I think that people in the League and the Players Association understand we can't have this because it's the wrong time. Well, you know what? We're going to have another potential story. I mean, this has been the, you know, COVID-19, the pandemic has been the biggest story of, shall we say, our generation, Elliot, realistically speaking. Oh, oh yeah. Right? Well, a big part of this is going to be the vaccine. And we know the prime minister admitted himself that because Canada doesn't produce the vaccine, we're behind in the queue. There's some people that believe Canada's behind 2.5 billion people around the world. I'm not sure that's the case, but the delivery of the vaccine is another part of the story for the National Hockey League, isn't it? Yeah, actually, it's. it's I, I was asking about asking around on that story. And, you know, people ask to reserve judgment because it's still rather new. But the initial reaction was it isn't good news. But because it's new, I think people wanted to be very careful with, you know, what they said about it. And I think we also know that, um, you know, when the vaccine does get rolled out, people who are high risk are going to get it first, as they should. Right. I, well, and, and obviously frontline workers as well. So tell me this. Uh, and what have you heard in terms of, like, how bare bones are certain organizations? organizations right now, uh, scouting staffs, management staffs, that sort of thing. I know Tampa Bay, a very successful club, a very, some would say progressive state uh, regarding COVID. Others would say out the lunch state regarding COVID uh, in Florida. But I know they let go 30 or, you know, furloughed 30. What are, what are you hearing on that front around oh, the league? There's a lot of, there's a lot of teams that have done furloughs and rolling furloughs and layoffs and things like that. Like no, nobody's escaped this, Bob. Like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that have done things like that. Um, some are more public about it than others, but um, I don't think there's been a single organization that's been unscathed. Yeah, no. Whether and, and maybe it's not even a furlough, maybe it's a pay cut. Is there anybody whose regional TV deal is so good that they could afford to go back and play? Yes, what? there are some teams that uh, like. I haven't spoken to one team in particular. I've kind of have not had an answer from them about this, but I, I did. So I don't want to say, cause I'm not a hundred percent sure it's true, but I was told that there was one team that they wanted like 70 games cause their regional deal is so good. Um, okay. but I haven't gotten a car. We do assume, I mean, regional numbers wise, you know, that the top three uh, teams, regional numbers wise in the league last year were all Canadian. Well, where was Buffalo? Uh, oh well, you know what? I, I I'd have to check into that. I don't know. I, was, number, I mean, they haven't been very good, but their numbers are always great. Like those are great fans. Um, look, like look, like the Canadian division next year, if it happens, and I think we all believe it's going to happen, right. that would be dynamite for um, <laughs> for, your, dynamite for your company. For yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. We'd be we'd be pretty happy with that. How many times do you want to see Matthew Kachuk next year? Uh, hopefully at least eight in the regular season. <laughs> that we play a 48-game schedule, 24 home, 24 road. I think it would be awesome. Well, I, I, think they, I think right still now they're in the 50s, 50s to 60. Yeah. Um, I think they'd like to go more than 48, but, you know, hey, who knows what we're going to be able to do. Uh, Elliot, when owners are knowing they're going to lose money, one way to limit the amount of loss of money is by limiting the games. Yeah, but the thing is that the salaries are not prorated, Bob. Well, but there's a deferral. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're working on that. Like, 
I do think the players are willing to consider deferral. I just yeah. don't know if they're going to be willing to consider escrow. I've heard no, but you know, I mean, we'll see. Um, by the way, I think one of the other things they're talking about, Bob, is a taxi squad. Like, and this probably affects Edmonton as much as anybody else Massive. in Calgary and Vancouver. Yep, yep. Um, because uh, you know, I, I know that those teams considered you know running their American Hockey League teams out of their building. They decided not to do that. The expense was too high. And one thing I heard this week was they were talking about a taxi squad, and uh, what may happen is they're on their AHL salaries, but they get NHL per diems. That's one of the things I think they're discussing. You think there's going to be some movement by the time we talk next Friday? Because I think there will be. I, I do. I, I just think it's too long. Like I think the league and the players' association have been talking, just not about those significant issues. So I, I do. I do think. I'm hoping there will. Like, like I said, like next week's a pressure point. The NBA is supposed to start out its training camp, and like, yeah, how much do you feel like listening to? Okay, um, th- there they are. Where are you guys? Now, one of the things I, I had heard, uh, Bob, is that you know the NBA um, uh, CBA. Some of the owners felt that the NBA owners got a better deal than the NHL guys did. I haven't seen the full CBA, so I don't know the answer to that. But you know they're going to play. At least they're going to try to. And you know I, I do think it's a pressure point. Just as an aside, you talked about pushing dates back for games. Adam Schefter has just reported uh, the Ravens and Steelers game has gone from uh, being from yesterday to Sunday. It's now been pushed to Tuesday. Of course, Lamar Jackson uh, apparently testing positive. Uh, well, the Ravens aren't there. Aren't the Ravens or the Cowboys? Uh, aren't the Ravens supposed to play on Thursday next week too? Yes, uh, this would mean that Thursday's Cowboys Raven game will also be moved, according to Schefter. Yeah, that makes sense. So there you have it, Elliot. I love mean, having that, you. That's what. That's yeah. why you've got to start early, Bob. Yes. Yep. So you, and and that's why one of the things they're doing is is a break between the play between the regular season and the playoffs that they have extra time, and if not, they can just move it up. But that's why you need to start early. You like think about it, if the NFL had started late, they wouldn't be able to fix all this. Elliot, don't you wish that we can get back to the time where you're making fun of my beloved Alberta Golden Bears and, I, and I'm having fun at the ex, uh, expense of your purple ponies out of Western Ontario? And, and the other question I have is, you started growing? Have you started growing that Civil War beard again? You know, actually, I shaved it today. Um, uh, my wife, uh, there was there was one point during the uh, pandemic when it was starting to grow again, and she gave me the stink eye, and she said, "You're not doing this again, are you?" And it's it's sort of like, you know, for anyone who's married who has a serious partner, what you know is that you're not doing this again, but she's giving you the chance to ask you. So we have a deal. I have to shave at least once every two weeks. Okay. Cause you, I, mean, I, do was... miss, I do miss the Golden Bears uh, Mustangs throwdowns. I mean, we all know that Western is a superior school, but I like for you to think that you're somewhere close. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry I can't hear you because I've got 16 national championship rings jammed in my ears right now from hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Says the guy who's not a Patrick Waugh fan. Awesome stuff, Elliot. Thanks again for doing the show. 
All right, Stoffer. Have a great weekend, bud. And, and in fairness, Western Ontario is a fantastic uh, educational institution. There's no question about that. It is 12.54 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott's going to be busy. When we come back, in Oilers Nail, we'll get to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, and we'll give you a bit of a prospects update as well for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. And uh, we are going to get to a little bit of business. For our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandising specialist, Edmonton-owned and operated, head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Okay, well, there is, like, as far as player transactions go, as far as uh, news coming out of the NHL, there is absolutely nothing. So quickly uh, recap just what's going on with Hockey Canada. So they did on Monday have two players test positive for COVID-19, and then everybody else who had been skating with them, training with them, uh, training them, etc. cetera, uh, they were all considered close contacts of those two positive tests. So that's why everything got sidelined. That is retroactive to Monday, by the way. So December 6th is the uh, next time that we will see them on the ice. And I was reading this morning as well, Bob, it sounds like they're going to try and make some cuts despite uh, having the expected ice time rolled back anyway. They were trying to get down from 46 to uh, 30 to 34, and that was on Tuesday before that scrimmage was postponed. So... Uh, that's pretty much it. AJHL is on pause right now through December 19th at the very earliest. That is when a board of governors meeting is planned to sort of reset things as far as where they fall within the provincial uh, health guidelines as well. And Western Hockey League, in theory, was supposed to be starting up in January. We'll see if that ultimately comes to fruition. As we go to the Oilers now, prospect report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, uh, the gang of James H. Brown, they want you to stay safe and stay positive. And here's Brendan. Okay, so we'll go uh, look at the goaltending stats here on this fine Friday. Uh, another three games for Konovalov riding the bench with uh, Yaroslavl in the KHL, though the last time he was in... Uh no, no, he's he's got a couple of losses as I'm looking down the list here. As far as Olivier Rodrigue, he's been a little bit better uh, getting more time in with Grazers in the Austrian League uh, where he is up to now. Uh, 7-0, 2.40 goals against average, a 9.19 save percentage for him. Uh, again, splitting starts there. It, pretty evenly, it seemed like Grazers was just rotating three different goaltenders through there. So there you go. Just as an aside, uh, Swedish Hockey League, uh, there was a total of five games scheduled today, and three of them ended up getting canceled. So you heard Elliot talk about it. Look, we all know uh, that uh, the, the, the pandemic is a real thing. There's no question about that uh, in terms of infection rates and positivity rates and how they've grown. It's clearly a concern, and it's affected uh, even the best laid plans, which is why I think most people are uh, fairly open to understanding that situations are fluid and why you have to be flexible. Uh, we'll continue down that path. We're going to bring Kevin Weeks back on the show. Haven't heard from him for about a month from the NHL Network, longtime NHL guardian. And uh, also hear from Jack Michaels in the second hour of Oilers Now after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.